All right, I would say good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsor, Mrs. Salma Wolf, for dedicating all of Shemesh Rashos this month with immense gratitude for the refuos from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the merit of Rafu Shalema for all of those in need, in the schus of our brave soldiers, and in the schus of the return of our hostages. Our week of learning sponsors, Ken and Dina Liebler, in memory, excuse me, in the merit and the safe return of their son, Aaron Daniel Ben from Dina and his entire Pluga from Gaza. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, they will accomplish their objectives, be successful in their missions, and return to their families, B'Shalom and B'Karov. And we dedicate all of the Masechas, Baba Kama, Le'ilui Nishmas, Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nisham will have an Aliyah and his family in With that, With that, let us... Okay, I didn't see him on, I'm on airplane already. I'll, I'll send that afterwards. All right. I will right, say a tremendous yashkach to everyone. Let's, uh, let's, let's begin. So we'll say, so we are, today's daf is Tzadik Aleph. Today's daf is Tzadik Aleph. We are picking up Emir Tzashem on Tzadik on the base 90B. And we are picking up Emir Tzashem at the Ibais Ema. So we'll say, so this is two, four, six lines up, six lines up from where the wide lines begin. So just to reorient ourselves a little bit, we saw an interesting case. Remember, our Mishnah dealt with the topic of Boshas, with the payment for humiliation. So we are picking up, there was an interesting case in the Gemara that an individual went ahead and an individual came along and Taka. So Taka could either mean, again, he hit his friend in the ear, he made a loud noise in the ear. Point is, he went ahead and he injured him. So what happened? The situation came before Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda said, "Me and Rabbi Yossi Aglili, right? We, there's me and Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Pay the guy a manatsuri." So first of all, what it established was that the mana that you have to pay is a manatsuri, which is a higher level mana, and not a mana medina. That that's number one. But then it segued into is what exactly happened over here. In other words. The, what it sounds like is Rabbi Huda saw what occurred, and then Halacha he quote unquote adjudicated the case. Now, in order for that to work, we'd have to utilize a mechanism called Eid Naasadayim, that a judge, excuse me, a witness has the ability to transform into a judge. So now the Gemara kind of jumped into that particular discussion. So the Gemara is trying to reconcile how this case is working. So we're picking up Vibayzim, the other possibility is Hachi Kamarlai. This is what Rabbi Huda was saying to the individual. I know this is really Rabbi Yossi Aglili, Damramanatsuri, Bahasahandi, Demishadi Bey, Zil, Bahasahandi Bach, sorry, Zil, Havli Manatsuri. Supposed to say that possibly was like this. That what Rabbi Huda was saying was as follows. Rabbi Huda was saying to the guy like this I hold the Rabbi Yossi Aglili. So statement number one is we hold the Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Yossi Aglili says the mana that is to be paid is a Manatsuri. That's number one. And Rabbi Huda said, by the way, these are the two people who witnessed this event. Go and pay your victim based on the testimony of these two witnesses. So Rabbi Huda, interestingly enough, Rabbi Huda is not as, acting as an aide. He's not acting as a witness, nor is he acting as a dayon. Or maybe he's acting a little bit as a dayon, but not as an aide. Okay. So most of the Gemara now says, does Rabbi Akiva hold that a witness cannot become a judge. So I will say, what, it's actually a really interesting concept that you could have people who witness an event and then can they transform, after delivering their testimony, so to speak, or maybe even in the midst of delivering their testimony, can they transform into a judge? So the Gemara says, as Rabbi Akiva hold that an aide can't become a judge, but Tanya, but we learned, Vehika ish esrei so we'll say the Pasuk says as follows. If uh, people are fighting and one man hits his friend, hits his fellow, with a stone or with a fist. With a fist. So the Gemara says, Shimon hati mani omer. So Shimon Timni says as follows. He says, So we'll say, here's what's interesting. Why does the Torah have to go out of its way and say, if a person will strike his friend or strike his fellow with a stone or with a fist? What's the pshat? So it's actually really interesting. So what's unique about the fist? That the witnesses could assess it. Right? The witnesses could assess it. In other words, obviously the fist is part of the, is part of the assailant, right? So the witnesses have the ability to go ahead and examine the fist to be able to see, 
is essentially, is this fist capable of inflicting the level of harm that occurred? We'll say, you know, an interesting part in damages is like this, that sometimes a person can become damaged, but we have to see, one is only chayef for damages, if the blow that they delivered or if the damage that they inflicted is really capable of creating the particular result that's in front of us. We'll see exactly a little bit more what this means in just a moment. So the idea over here is, so just like, so ma egrof, just like a fist is you is unique, shemashola ido uli edin. Literally again, it's given over to the din. that's the edo, uli edin, and to the witnesses, af kol shemashola ido uli edin. So to anything that is, that is given over to the witnesses and to the basin. I both say, now what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Said that they could bring the object with which the damage was, was perpetrated, and they could bring it forth before basin to assess. Shabbos so said, this is really fascinating. Up until you see this Gemara, you would assume that how does damages work? Reuven comes along, Reuven comes along and, and hits Shimon in the face, right? And as a result, Shimon suffers X amount of damages. Okay, so therefore, Allah says, so what does Reuven pay for? X amount of damages. What the Gemara seems to be introducing us to us is the following. What Basin also looks like is, how did Reuven hit Shimon? Where did Reuven hit Shimon? And what is the capacity for this type of blow, right? How much damages should this type of blow inflict? Now, obviously, in order to do that, what do you have to look at? You have to look at the instrument used to damage. And we look at, is this type of instrument capable of inflicting this level of damage? So the Gemara now says, so that applies even with a fist. It's interesting, right? So we look at the fist, we look at Reuven's fist, and we look at Ruben's ability, right? We look at the power of the blow that Ruben could inflict. And what level of damage is it capable of inflicting? So Gemara, where is Gemara learning this out from? So Gemara is learning this out from the phrase, ultimately again, Why just say Be'even? Or just say nothing? Why do you have to say Egrof? Why fist? Because just like the fist is readily available for the witnesses to inspect. And re- re- even better than the word inspecting is to assess what level of damage is a guy like Reuven really capable of inflicting with his fist? So too, for, for, for the Beisdin to arrive at a conclusion, or arrive at a verdict, they have to assess the instrument that was used to visit the damage upon the victim. Incredible. Prat, l'shiyata samitacha asideidim. Shavos said this comes to exclude a case, ultimately again, of where what? Of where halacha lamaisa, the, literally, again, the object that was used to inflict the damage is no longer here. And therefore, again, the witnesses don't have the ability to examine it. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, one second. So the, but was the damage done in front of Beisdin? That Beisdin has the ability to go ahead and really inspect. Right? <laughs> Ultimately, how Ruvain, how Ruvain, how Ruvain damaged Shimon, right? Amaiko, what he hit him with, or I should say, what he hit him on. Imal Shoko, did he hit him on the thigh? Or Al Tsipor Nafsho, or did he hit him opposite the heart? Vaod. So, Hari Shedacha Veschaver Mero Shagak. I'll give you another example. Let's say Ruvain pushed Shimon off a roof. Omero Shabiro, from on top of a tower. Umes. And now Shimon fell and he died. So Basin Holchen Eitzel Bira, O Bira Holachas Eitzel Basin, right? Does Basin go to the tower? Does the tower come to Basin? Va'odim Nafla. Let's say again, Ruven threw Shimon off a roof of a building, and the building subsequently fell down. Choser Ubona? Does the, does the assailant have to rebuild the building so that Basin is able to see, does this type of fall, or did this type of fall, have the ability really to go ahead and kill Shimon? So what Rabbi Akiva is coming to add is Beisdin doesn't really do the job of inspecting the instrument of damage. Rather, Rabbi say, who really has to testify to that? The witnesses. Because it's quite possible that by the time this gets to Beisdin, either the, the item, the object that damage was perpetrated with is no longer there, right? Or Lamaisa... It's just too difficult to reconstruct it in front of Beisdin. In other words, we'll say, it's very interesting. What Rabbi Akiva is adding is, 
part of giving testimony in damages or in a capital case is not just testifying, we saw Reuben hit Shimon. It's testifying what? We saw Reuben hit Shimon with X, with X, and X is capable of performing this level of damage. That's what the testimony is. Prat Potter. So I will say, when would you come to? So what does the pasuk come to teach me? The pasuk is coming to teach you that witnesses have to be able to see the instrument that damage was done with and assess whether or not that instrument really has the ability and capability of performing this level of damage. So therefore, the pasuk is coming to say the following: If for some reason the object which was used for the damage was lost, then in that kind of case, Adim can't give proper testimony about the case. Katani mihas. So I was, I was the takeaway from all of this. Katani mihas. I'm Rabbi Akiba. Vichy bezdin hiko. I'm sorry. Vichy bifnei bezdin hiko. She yodin kama hiko. So I was say, so Rabbi, or Rabbi Akiba say, Rabbi Akiba said in general, the bezdin doesn't have the ability to assess whether or not the object used for damages has the ability to inflict the level of damages that occurred. So what do you see from here? So the Gemara says, Haiko bifneihem, Eid Nasadayon. So I will say what you do see is that had Ruvain injured Shimon in front of Bezdin, then what? Bezdin could have served in his dual capacity. They could have served as witnesses to the event and then transformed into the Bezdin that would actually adjudicate the case. So you see that according to Rabbi Akiva, Eid Nasadayon, to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Dvarat Rabbi Shimon Atimni. No, no, no. Rabbi Akiva was actually responding to Shimon Atimni. Shimon Atimni was the one who ultimately holds Eid Nasadayon, but Rabbi Akiva himself does not hold that way. Okay? Tan Rabbanon. So I'll say so again. So just understand this concept of Eid Nasadayon is an ongoing machlokas. In other words, Rabbi will say so this concept of can you witness an event and then after witnessing the events, and now again you are locked in as the testimonial unit, can that same group? transform into ultimately going ahead and being a dayan, going ahead and judging the case. Let's see now if you think about it. So, so Rabbi Akiva himself happens to hold Ein Eid Nasa Dayan. Let's see if you think about this, by the way, there's also a very profound interpersonal lesson in this about Eid Nasa Dayan, Ein Eid Nasa Dayan. What is it saying? Let's see, when you experience an event, do you have the ability to look at it objectively? And really what Rabbi Akiva is saying is the answer to that is no. Right? Once you experience something, then ultimately, again, you're experiencing through that, through that through your lens. I will say everyone lacks, almost everyone lacks objectivity. Right? Especially when you're seeing something firsthand, you're experiencing something firsthand, you absorb that information through your personalistic, biased lens. So Rabbi Akiva will say, oh, you can't become a diet. You're, you, could, you could be an aide. In other words, you could retell what you saw recognizing that even when Aiden tell over what they saw, there is an inherent bias. There's inherent bias. But Lamaise, again, you can't become a Dayan because a Dayan, to a certain degree, needs to be able to hear things and experience things with a sense of objectivity. So we'll say it's important. Sometimes we hear people see, say things, we see people do things, and we think we've kind of got it all summed up, right? So I got it sized up. I, 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 could, I could see this in an objective way. No, you don't. No, you don't. When you hear something and you see something, you're processing that through your own personalistic lens. And just understand, be careful who you judge and what you judge. Because ain aid naset dayon. Don't rush to judgment. Because when you see things and when you hear things, you're processing that through your personal lens. And you may or may not be seeing objective truth. Incredible you sold in relationships. So the Margot's visor. Turn up on Short tam shehemis vehizik. So that's an interesting case. So let's say if you have a, sh- now watch this, you have a short time that ultimately, again, killed someone or, right, and damaged someone. So the short, let's say two independent acts. Two independent acts, obviously to two different people, right? So, so short, you have a short time. So again, the short never did anything. It injures Ruvain and it kills Shimon. So what's Talacha? So let's say, so now the short is brought to Beislin. Donin also dine nefashas, vein donin also dine mamanas. So what we do is we essentially adjudicate the death case and we set aside, we set aside the financial penalty case. Now what's the logic of that? Rashi says, 
There's actually very interesting. So obviously, this is not a kimle bedrabimine, right? Because that concept only applies to people, not not animals. So what's happening over here? Here's the problem. We'll say, what ha- what's the what's the din of a shard that kills someone? What's the din of a shard that kills someone? It's executed, right? And there's no time, there's no muad. It's executed. Now watch this. So you have two halachos over here. A muad, um, sorry, a tam animal. If it damages, what does it pay? What does it pay? Chasinezek. Chasinezek is assessed how? Migufo. It's, remember, it's half damages that's capped at the value of the animal itself, of the damaging animal itself. So we'll say, here's the problem. Once an animal kills someone, it's going to be subject to death. Once it's subject to death, it has no value. If it has no value, then what? Then there's no chasinezek. That's it. Because remember again, chasinezek, half damages paid from the value of the animal itself. If the animal kills someone, it's going to be put to death. The animal has no value. So therefore, in this case over here, Shar, right, kills Ruvain, injures Shimon. The Gemara essentially says, Halach we execute it, and there's no real claim for damages because, again, the source of those damages, i.e. the value of the animal, is now worth nothing. Muad shehimis v'hezik. What happens, we'll say, if you have a muad animal, right? So now, again, you have a muad animal, that same thing. So now the shar kills Ruvain, injures Shimon. The difference just is, in this case, the animal is a muad. Now, both saying, remember, again, when a muad does damages, how does a muad do damages? I'm oh, sorry, how, what, does a, what does a muad pay for damages? Nezek Shalim. How does it pay Nezek Shalim? Minaliyah. Minaliyah means what? From the owner's best property. So in this case over here, Dunin also Dine Mamanis, the Chazun Dunin also Dine Nefashas. So we'll say in this case, Basin will adjudicate both cases, both the Dine Mamanis as well as the Dine Nefashas. Why? So we'll execute the animal, but that's okay. Why? Because damages is not paid from the goof of the animal. What is damages paid from? The, prop, the, owner, the owner's property. The owner's property. So in this case, will adjudicate, very interesting, will adjudicate both cases. Now watch this. Kadmo So again, so therefore, the way this should work is how? Basin will first adjudicate, first adjudicate the Dine Mamanus, and then they'll go back and adjudicate the Dine Nefashas. Let's say they switched it around and they adjudicated the Dine Nefashas first. Then what's the halacha? Kadmu v'danu dinei nefashas in chosrim v'danu also dinei mamanus. So we'll say if they adjudicated the dinei nefashas case first, then we won't go ahead and adjudicate the dinei mamanus. The chay kadmu dinei v'danu dinei nefashas. My hobby, the hadir v'leidani dinei mamanus. I don't say who cares. What is, what what does it matter? In other words, what does it matter which case you adjudicated first? So I will say again, in the muad case, damages come in halia. From the owner of the shars, we haven't used this word in a while, choiciest, right? Choiciest properties. So Lamaisa again, so Lamaisa again, what does it matter what the order of adjudication is? Even if they went ahead and they adjudicated the, 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 the capital case first, let them go ahead and adjudicate the, pen, the financial penalty case afterwards. Amrava, so Rava said, the truth is, we're talking about this question, and I found ultimately the Rabbanon sitting in the yeshiva of Rav, and they said, and they said the following: Hambani, say whose opinion is this? Rabbi Shimon Atimnihi to Amar Ma Egrof Miyuchad Shemasra the Eida Uli Eidim. So Rabbi say whose opinion does this reflect? Shimon Atimni. What does Shimon Atimni say? Shimon Atimni holds that Halacha Lamaisa. What's unique about the Egrof that's mentioned in the Pasuk and the Fist? In that the Egrof, the Fist, i.e. the vehicle of damage, or the tool, or the item which was used to damage, is readily available to be assessed, both by the witnesses and by Bezin. Both the top of Tzadik Aleph 91a, Alma Ba'inon Umdina Debeidina. So say, what do you see from here? You see from here that before Bezin assesses, before Bezin rules on damages, what does Bezin have to do? Basin has to see the object with which the, the damage was performed and ultimately, again, assess that this object is capable of visiting upon the victim this level of damage. So the Gemara says, So we'll say this is incredible. So what's happening over here, Bose? So what's happening over here is, once a shar, right, if a shar kills someone and Bazin establishes that this shar is going to be put to death, we don't delay. 
We don't do it. We execute that shar right then and there. So therefore, I will say, because you're executing the shar right then and there, therefore what? Therefore, it's not available to Beisdin for assessment. And because it's not available for assessment, therefore, Beisdin can't adjudicate the monetary claim case. So it's actually a practical consideration. So therefore, I will say, watch this. Let's go through this case again, because it's actually quite fascinating. So you have a shar. Shar killed Ruvain, injured Shimon. Rabbi say, so now, if it's a, if it's a tam, so we adjudicate the capital case, can't adjudicate the monetary case. Why? Because there's nothing to adjudicate the monetary case from, since tam pays chatzinezek from capped at the body of the animal. The body of the animal is worthless and it's going to be put to death. Fine. Case of a muad, no problem. We can adjudicate both cases. Why? What, why? Because the monetary case is paid bin aliyah from the best property of the owner of the shar. And great, you could assess that whether or not there's a shar or not. There's nothing to do with the shar. So therefore, we'll adjudicate both cases, the monetary claim and the capital claim. However, the Raisa says, if you first adjudicated the capital claim, then ultimately, again, you, we don't assess the monetary claim. Why not? Because Gemara is now explaining, once the capital claim was assessed, what do we do with the animal? What do we do with the animal? We go ahead and we execute it. However, why does that pose a problem for the monetary claim? Because it's reflecting the view of Shimon Atimni. Shimon Atimni says that whenever you adjudicate a monetary claim, Basin has to assess the object used for damage, right? To visit the damage. In this case, since the animal is going to be executed right away, Basin can't assess the object used for damage, i.e. sure, and therefore they can't assess the monetary claim. It's a technical issue. And I said to them, I feel it Rabbi Akiva. The truth is, this can even reflect the view of Rabbi Akiva. What's the case over here? Kigon Shebarach. So we'll say the case over here, we set up Rabbi Akiva as well. What happened? The owner of the shar ran away. Ran away. They will say you can't bring a monetary claim against someone unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, the owner of the shar is there. They will say that's actually interesting that what it sounds like according to Rabbi Akiva is you can't try a person in absentia, which is very interesting. Right, because again, there are definitely cases like this that come up where the person is not there. So Rashi brings down over here, this is a din of ein chavin la'adam shalobifanov. You cannot do something detrimental to someone, ultimately not in their presence. So therefore, it could be even a case of Rabbi Akiva where the owner ran away. If the owner ran away, there's no way to adjudicate the case. Ibarach kilodano dine nefashas. I'm sorry. Ibarach kilodano dine nefashas. Hechi dainina lei. Dine mamanis. Below Bailim. So we'll say, now, one second. If we're talking about a case of where he ran away, so the truth is that would prevent you from adjudicating either of these cases. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The Kabil Sahadi Ubarach. The case could be Rabose where testimony was accepted and then the guy ran away. So the owner ran away. Now, here's the difference. If testimony was accepted, that would allow you, let's say, for example, to go ahead and accept the, the capital case. Right? So if testimony was accepted, they could rule on that. But now since the owner is gone, they would not be able to open up the monetary case. Okay? To, to which the Gemara says, Sof, Sof, Mehecha Mishtalim. So we'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you go ahead and you adjudicate the case, let's say you accept the testimony, and then the owner ran away, Saloch again, how would you extract payment? To which the Gemara says, Miridia. Not a problem. So we'll say, even if the owner runs away, but if, you, if the owner ran away after testimony was accepted, so let's say Bazin could rule on this case. If the owner is not there, how are you extracting payment? To which the Gemara says, very simple, very simple, that halacha lemaisa from using the animal to plow a field. See, so here's what's interesting. If we're talking about a case that halacha lemaisa, let's say you accept the testimony regarding the goring, the damage. And now what happens? Owner runs away before verdict. Verdict comes out that the owner of the shar is chayiv to pay the victim. What's the problem? The owner is not here. So how do you extract payment? It's very simple. You have a shar. You have a shar. And what could you do with the shar? You could lease it out for plowing purposes, and the proceeds from that lease could be used ultimately to pay the victim for his damages. To which the Gemara says, Ihachi tam nidaine dine mamanis beresha v'neshtali meridia v'hader nidaine dine nefashas if that's the case, I'd do the same thing in the time case. In the time case, adjudicate the damages case. Go ahead and extract damages from lease payments for plowing. And then after the shar, so to speak, has worked off its debt, then go ahead and adjudicate the capital case. Amra Margarita Rafkana is also Meres. Redia Aliyah Demarahu. 
So we'll say, see something very interesting. What do you see from here? That Allah the leasing out of the animal for plowing, is considered to be a payment min ha'aliyah, from the best property of the owner. And remember again, that only works for Muad, doesn't work for Tam, because Tam ultimately is not entitled to aliyah. Tam is only entitled ultimately to chatzineza cap at the value of the animal. All right, very interesting. So, so I will say, what comes out over here? What comes out over here is, we are still left with Aramach Lokas, ultimately again, of Eid Nasadayan, or Ein Eid Nasadayan, Machlokas Shabbatimni versus Rabbi Akiva. Ultimately, again, we also end off with this fascinating discussion about this distinction in the Brisa of Halach Lamaisa. If you have a short time that went ahead and injured someone and killed someone, so the Halach is in that case over here, we put the animal to death and there is no claim anymore for financial damages. Since Halach Lamaisa, Tam is collectible from, from the animal itself and the animal is valueless, versus a case ultimately again of Muad where halacha lamaisa, we can ultimately rule on both cases, both the Neza case, because it's collectible min and ultimately, again, the capital case as well. Incredible. Ibailuhu asks the Gemara, yesh omel l'nezik, no, ain't omel l'nezik. So what's another Shiloh over here? So I will say, we've assessed over here something interesting, that in capital cases, in capital cases, part of the adjudication process is looking at the object that was used to kill the individual and making sure that that object actually has the ability to develop a death blow, whether it's a rooftop that the guy fell off on or an object or a fist or a fist. Here's the Shiloh. When it comes to damages, does Basin perform this same type of assessment? In other words, Ruven goes ahead and, and hits Shimon with, uh, with a stick, right? Shimon suffers a broken arm. So does Basin look at the stick and, right, and try to figure out, is such a stick capable of breaking an arm or not? So do we do that by Nezikin? So maybe we'll say like this, the only time we go ahead and we really perform an assessment is really when it comes to damages, right? Because by damages, we look at, is this object capable of delivering this level of damage or not? But maybe I will say, when it comes ultimately again to death, de- death is pretty, right? Death is not really all that difficult to determine, right? Either the victim died or he didn't die. So maybe the might say again, we don't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I said that just the opposite. Just the opposite. When it comes to death, Rabbi will say, so death is a little bit more black and white. So that's when we go ahead, that's when we go ahead and <coughs> that's when we assess. But by Nezikim, by damages, Maybe we say, Halach HaLamayisa Koldu. No, we accept the fact that damages could occur even in any way. And therefore, there's no assessment of the object used to visit the damage upon the victim. O Dilma, Loshna. Or perhaps, no, the same way that we do an assessment, ultimately in capital case, we do an assessment of damages as well. So Tashma, let's analyze. So Ma Bar Shiyeshpo Kedei Lahamis Asar Tfachim Av Kol Shiyeshpo Kedei Lahamis Asar Tfachim So we'll say, so first wide line. So Bar. So I will say, ultimately, again, we assume that a bar of 10 tfachim or more has the ability to cause death. To cause death, right? A bar less than 10 tfachim doesn't have the ability to cause death. I will say, if the bar was less than 10 tfachim, the second wide line, 91a, if the bar was less than 10 tfachim, and an ox or a donkey falls into it, and it dies, putter. Ultimately, again, it's about this. Well, it's very interesting, right? So you have a shar or a chamar that falls into a pit of less than 10 tfachim. The animal dies. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? Ultimately, again, the owner of the pit is pater. The owner of the pit is pater. So huzik bo chayiv. Now, if the animal was damaged, ultimately, again, the owner of the bar is going to be chayiv. So the Gemara says, "My love, mimata lamata kachashiv." So we'll say, "Are we not looking at this measurement of the bar at, at, at a, at a ten tefachim and less?" And therefore, what are we saying? The Kaamar mitafach va'adasara misalaka nizikini. And I'll say, essentially, what we're saying is like this: a bar of ten tefachim ultimately has the ability to kill something, but less than ten tefachim. What does it mean, less? From one tefach up until you know nine point nine tefachim has the ability to damage. So I'll say, so what do you see from here? Alma, Lenizak, and Koldu. So I'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that when it comes to damages, we assume that what? 
Anything could cause damage. Even a bar of a tafach could cause damages. Shbamina, what do you see from here? Ain ondin that ultimately, again, we do not need to perform a, an assessment ultimately for damages. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 lo, mimala lemata kachashiv. No, 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 what we're doing is we are going ahead and assessing the amount ultimately, again, mimala lemata, from a higher amount, from a higher depth to a small depth. What does this mean? Fachikavah, this is what it means to say, asara misaika. But say a bore of tent falcon is capable ultimately of going ahead and causing the animal to die. Watch, watch this. Pachos asara purta. If it's a little less than 10, nizakin isa, misa leka. It's capable of damaging, but not capable of killing. Or the also will say, what does that mean? But if it's much less than 10, then what? It's not even capable of damaging. Not even capable of damaging. What do you see from here? There is assessment even for damages. So I'll say ultimately, again, what the Bible is suggesting is there is an assessment for damages. So we don't say that a bar of any depth simply has the ability to damage. Here's what we do know, that a bar that is a little bit less than 10 Tfachim does have the ability to damage. What happens if it's a bar that's much less than 10 Tfachim? Does it have the ability to damage? Or not? We'll say, what does that require? That requires an assessment. That requires an assessment. So you see from here that just like in capital cases, we look at the object that was used to cause death and we base and examines it and says and tries to figure out, is this object capable of causing death? So too, when it comes to damages, we look at, is the, is the object that caused the damage capable of causing this level of damages as well. So Tashma, so here we go. He called Al Enovis Simo, if I, right, Ruven hits Shimon on his eye and blinded him, Al Oznovichir show on his ear and ultimately made him deaf. So if it was an Eved, Eved Yotzei Bohen Lecheros, right? And Eved ultimately again goes free with these type of damages. Okay. Kineged Enov Enoraios, so it's actually an interesting case. Let's say Ruven, let's say Ruven went ahead and did something a loud noise or something else opposite Ruvain's eye, right? So he didn't hit Ruvain on the eye. He did something startling opposite Ruvain's eye. Can I get Or can I get Shomea? Or he makes a very loud sound opposite Ruvain's ear. But again, he never did anything to Ruvain's ear directly. What's Talacha? Ain Eved Yosef and So I'll say if it's an Eved, an Eved would not go free based on this type of injury. My time, what's the reason? But we'll say it's because such such damage like this would require assessment. So we'll say it's because it requires a damage, and therefore what? And therefore Allah said the way we assess it, the way we assess it is that this type of damage should not have caused blindness. This type of damage should not have caused deafness. And you see from here that when it comes to damages, you do an assessment. To which the Gemara says. Lo, not necessarily. Rather, Rabbi could be something different. Mishum Darminon, who de'ivis nafshei. Rabbi Bose, this is incredible. Maybe not. Maybe Rabbi Bose, it's just because in the world of damages, the only type of damage you're chayi for is what? When you directly damage another person. But if you do something outside of the person, right, that let's say startles the person and causes a particular result, the damager is not chayi for that. Why? Because we assume that what's happened over here, Rabbi Bose, it's the victim who allowed himself to become scared by this external stimuli. And therefore, again, that's why he suffered this result. Kiditsanya, both listen to this, as we learned. Incredible. Kiditsanya, Hamav is his chavero. If a person scares his friend, Patra Medina, Adam the Chavidina Shamayim. So, this is actually interesting, Halacha. If right, Ruven goes over to Shimon and he scares him. And as a result of scaring him, so Shimon suffers some type of damage. He goes blind, he goes deaf. What's Talacha? Ruven is Patra. Reuben is part of the Adam, right? He's part of the court of law, but he will be chayiv in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ta, right? So the Gemara says, Ketzad, Ketzad, talk about Azma Bechir Show. Pater, uh, right? So I'll say, if, let's say again, Reuben goes over to Shimon and he yells in his ear, right? And Shimon becomes deaf. What's Talacha? Reuben's Pater. However, I will say, if Ruvain takes hold of Shimon, he holds him, grabs him, and he yells in his ear, in that case, he's going to be Chayev. So I will say, ultimately, again, I will say, now what's, what's the logic? The logic of here, I will say, is in these cases of external stimuli, what do we say? It's Shimon who made himself deaf, so to speak. Shimon, in other words, Shimon allowed himself to be scared. 
Right? In other words, since there's something external, ultimately, again, so I'll say, it's, it's interesting. It's that we're saying that halacha it's Shimon allowed the stimuli to affect him in such a way that he went deaf or he became blind. So I'll say, this is a really interesting, a really interesting halacha. What halacha is recognizing, I will say, is when it comes to external stimuli, so we make a choice about how we allow it to impact us. It's a, it's a very profound yisod. Things happen in life. Things happen in life. And maybe people are wrong for going ahead and doing those things to us. But at the end of the day, you make the choice about how you process that. Right? Do you allow it to impact you or not? That's up to you. Both say, what a tremendous yisod. Sometimes people do negative things to us. And so we assume, right, that's the perpetrator, I'm the victim, and I have no choice but to be impacted by what just occurred to me. That is false. That is false. You have a choice about how to process the events that occurred to you in life. Right? Especially, again, especially in these kind of cases where, again, no one's doing something to me physically, there's this external stimuli. How you choose to process that, how you choose to emotionally and intellectually ingest that, that's up to you. Every single day, stuff happens to us. How we choose to allow those things to impact us, that's a choice we make. Incredible. So the goes back to Tashma. So I'll say there are five types of damages. And the Allah again, they are assessed and they're given to me immediately. In other words, damages are paid immediately. So the Gemara says, saying, The only two forms of damages that are not assessed until later or paid until later are repui, doctor bills, and lost wages. Right? Because we will say, obviously, if Ruben injures Shimon, we don't know how much, right? Basin doesn't know in the immediate aftermath of damages, how much are doctor bills going to cost? We don't know. Or Shevis lost wages, we don't know. We don't know. That only becomes known later on. So the Gemara says, listen to this. Amdua, v'hayim esnav nevaholeh. I will say, so let's say again, halacha l'maysa. They assessed, they assessed, ultimately again, these amounts. Right? Let's say, repoy and shevis. At a certain point, they assessed it. And I will say, what happened? The victim, the victim took more doctor bills or ultimately more lost wages. Ain no snow elek moshamdu. We'll say, once, Bezin, we'll talk about this more, once Basin makes the assessment for repoy, for Shevas, for anything, even if the patient's turn, the victim's turn took a turn for his health took a turn for the worse, for the worse, we do not award him any more damages. Once you're awarded, that's what you get. Conversely, so the Gemara says, Lamemra, Gavra come so the Gemara says, uh, I'm sorry. Uh Shmamina, what do you see from here? Yesh Omulanazikin. Now we'll say what you do see over here is that what? Is that Allah Khalamaisa? There is an assessment for damages, to which the Gemara says, Lameimar, Lameimad Gavra, Kama Liktsar, Miha Maka, Kama Lo Miktsar, Lokami Bailan. So, obviously, it goes without saying, of course, there's an assessment. How long should it take this person to go ahead and recover from this injury? Right? You'll say, how long or how short? Of course, we assess that. Kikami Bailan, I'll say, what's the Machel? What's the Shaila? Lameimad Cheftsa. So we'll say, just to be clear, when we speak about, is there an assessment for damages? I will say, of course there's an assessment. In other words, when you have to assess doctor bills, you have to assess lost wages, you have to assess, of course, Nezek, Tsar, Boshes, there's always an assessment for the person. We will say, what's the show? When we ask, is there an assessment for damages? What are we asking? What are we asking? We're asking, is there an assessment of the object used to damage. The same way in a capital case, right? Ruben kills Shimon. What we look at, Rabbi Osai, is what? The object that was used to visit the death blow, upright from Ruben upon Shimon. Does that object have the capacity to kill? So the Shiloh here is when you damage someone, do we assess the tool used for damage? Of course, you're assessing the victim. That goes without saying. You can't go ahead and figure out what damages are without assessing the victim. The Shaila is, do you assess the tool? So Tashma, just like a fist is unique, that it can be assessed by the witnesses in the basin. So to anything that could be assessed by the witnesses in the basin. Suppose I see from here, yes, we do an assess, same way that in a capital case, we do an assessment of the object. 
to see if Halach is capable of killing someone. So too, in a case of damages, we do an assessment to make sure the object used for damage is capable of, of, of injuring someone. Incredible. Amar Amdua Vihivri. So let's say, watch this. Let's say Bez, let's say Ruben injured Shimon. Bez made an assessment that Ruben is going to go, it's going to take him uh, five days to recover. So they assess doctor bills, they assess lost wages. And now what happens? Baruch Hashem, Shimon has a miraculous recovery. What's that look? And therefore he doesn't have, he, only, he has less lost wages, less doctor bills. What's that look? Nostin lo kamasham dua. Whatever bays and paskind that Shimon is going to get, he gets. We pay him. We'll say this goes according to Rav. Rav says, let's say they assess Reuben injured Shimon. They assess Shimon's going to miss a whole day of work. Right? But what happens? Baruch Hashem, he has a great recovery. He only misses half a day of work. Right? Ultimately, we pay him, we pay him the full amount that pays him assessed. Why? We'll say we assume Shimon just has good siyat the Shemayim. So we'll say it's very important to Allah. Once Bezdin assesses the damages package, that's it. That's it. So whether ultimately, again, Shimon, Shimon suffers a reversal of health and misses more work, less work, right? He, gets, he, he heals faster. It doesn't matter. Whatever the damages package is, that's what it is. And we don't look at Shimon's continued progression. Incredible. Let's go right there. So the Gemara says... Rakok the Gibarok, Remember again, we're talking about Boshes and Mishnah. Ruven uh, Ruven spits on Shimon. Right? Ruven spits on Shimon. So ultimately again there's Boshes. If it landed on his clothing, right? When do you have to pay Boshes for spitting on someone else? Say? Ultimately again, only if the spit landed on Shimon himself. But if it landed on his clothing, then there's no Boshes. So the heavy I don't understand. We'll say, why should spitting on someone's clothing be any less than embarrassing them with words? And we assume that if you're mevayish someone with words, there's a boshas payment. So to spitting on their clothing shows we a boshas. I'm going to say, Rabbi Yossi Baravin is also married, it's incredible. We'll say, if you embarrass someone with words, ultimately, again, you're not chayab at all. We'll say, so profound. So profound. Why? Because we'll say, again, Words only become humiliating if you let them become humiliating. If you ignore them, right? If you ultimately, and we saw before the Summa Chash of Kumais, right? Ultimately, again, if you simply go ahead and ignore the words, then the words can't have a humiliating impact on you. Incredible. So we'll say, remember again, when it comes to Boshez, everything is in accordance ultimately, again, with the standing of the victim. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. So here's the Shaila. Remember again, in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, we were seeing before, we were seeing before that ultimately, again, you had all of these amounts, specific amounts mentioned for Boshes. Then the Tanakhama comes along and says, Hakolafik Vodo. Everything is in accordance with his standing. So we'll say, here's the Shaila. Is the Tanakhama is the Tanakhama coming to be Mekel or be Machmir? What, what, what is he adding over here? To which the Gemara says, Lekula or Lechumra Kama. Lekula Kama Di'ika Ani Delo Bay Lemishkal Kulihai. So I want to say Lekula, because maybe again there's an Ani who wouldn't collect the aforementioned amounts. Oh, Dilma Lechumra Kama. Maybe Lechumra Di'ika Ashir to Bay Lemesev Leitfei. Maybe ultimately again there's an Ashir you'd have to pay more to. So Tashma, Midukamra Biakiva Filan Imshabi Yisrael Ronos Akilo Heim Bene Chorin, Shiradu Bene Chsein, Sheheim Bene Avram Yitzchak Viakov. So I'll say the fact that right afterwards in the Mishnah you have seven the Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva says that Allah every year every Jew is looked at as an usher who lost his wealth he's a child of Armin Yitzchak Yaakov Shmamina Tanakama Lekulo Kamashana see that the Tanakama ultimately is coming to Yimeko the Tanakama is coming to say that even though we have these fixed aforementioned amounts there are people perhaps again who would not be entitled to this entire amount because ultimately, again, their boshes is not as significant. Okay. So again, then we had the interesting story in the Mishnah. Ultimately, again, of the man who uncovered the hair of the woman in the shuk. In the shuk. So remember again, the Gemara says, So remember again, we saw about this before. So in this case over here, what happened? What happened? So the case came before Rabbi Akiva. The assailant, right, the perpetrator, asked for time to pay off the damages. So the Gemara says, do we give people time to pay off damages? After all, the Hamar Rabbi Chanina, not true. If you injure someone, both side, when is payment due? When is payment due? Payment is due right then and there. There's no delay in payment. So what's going on over here? Tushimar says, no, no, no. We'll say, when is there no delay in payment? When you injure someone and you cause them a financial loss, 
That's when Beisdin demands payment immediately. But if you injure someone, quote, well, or you cause damages, but there's no loss. What's an example of that? Boshas. So we'll say Boshas payment is, I owe money to someone for humiliating them, but they're not out anything. If they're not out anything, then in that case, Halacha Lamaisa, we can give the assailant time to pay back. Sigma goes weiter. Shamra Omedes al So we'll say, so remember again, in this case, so remember again what happened, the assailant hashed this whole plan. Right, to go ahead and show that this woman doesn't really have boshes, she uncovered her own hair, right? She took off her tichel in order to go ahead and mop, mop up the, uh, the spilled oil. So Yekiva says to the guy, You know, you dived into deep water. All you brought up was a pottery shard. In other words, you really went to digging to try to exempt yourself from boshes. You do, right, you dove into deep water, but she didn't really come up with anything. After all, because ultimately Rabbi Kiva said, you know, the same way that a person is, is permitted to go ahead and injure themselves, right? Injure themselves, and yet, yet if someone else injures them, they're going to be chayef. So we'll say, now watch this. Here's what's interesting. In the Bryce's version of this, Rabbi Akiva is saying a person is permitted to injure themselves, but yet if someone else injures me, they're chayef. In our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, the Lashon over here was, the Lashon over here was, If a person injures himself, even though he's not permitted to do so, right? if he did so, he's potter. So now the Gemara says, is, which one is it? Is a person permitted to injure himself or not permitted to injure himself? One is talking about ultimately injuring yourself, one is about humiliating yourself. Injuring yourself, you can't do. Humiliating yourself, you can do. I Bahamas Lisin Baboshesu. But one second, but that's not true. Our Mishnah is talking about Bosha. So we'll say Amal Days. The Katani Hachovo Baatsmo Afapi Sha'ina Rashai Potter. Yet we'll say ultimately again, our Mishnah makes it sound like that even by Boshas, you're not permitted to go ahead and injure yourself. Hachi Kamada is what it means to say. So we'll say, it goes without saying, Boshes, if you want to humiliate yourself, you could humiliate yourself. In other words, we'll say, you have the right to subject yourself to humiliation. Rather, when it comes to injury, so we'll say, but even when it comes to injury, where a person is not permitted to injure themselves, others who injure me ultimately again are going to be chayiv. To which the Gemara said, And I will say, is that true? So we'll say, Gemara is kind of getting lost in this interesting topic over here, right? So in other words, remember, what Rabbi Kiva was saying to the guy is, listen, the fact that the lady took off her tichel and went ahead and mopped up the oil, that's her prerogative, right? She could embarrass herself. But just because she can't embarrass, just because she can embarrass herself, what? Doesn't give what? Doesn't give you the right to embarrass her. So therefore, you have to pay boshas. Now, I think we're getting mixed up a little bit in this detail over here about, does a person have the ability to injure themselves? Right? Let's say, can I subject myself to injury? So we'll say, is a person not permitted to injure themselves? What time we learn? So let's say, now watch this. This is a shvuah. Let's say, let's say I take a shvuah. I, I take an oath to do something negative to myself. So you might have thought, ah, such an oath like that, it has no impact. It has no impact, right? You might have thought it has no impact. Pasik says, if you take an oath, whether for something good or for something bad, you have an obligation to honor it. So what do you see from here? That Allah says, if you take a shvua to do something bad to yourself, and you don't do it, so we'll say, what it sounds like over here is, I swear I'm going to break my arm today. Okay, and you don't do it, sounds like, you are in violation of your shvua. Now, the fact that you're in violation of your shvua would indicate that what? You have the right to subject yourself to harm. Amr Shmuel, no, 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 no. What are we talking about over here? Say, what's the case of self-harm? The case of self-harm is I take a shvua, I'm going to fast today. Okay, so that's the case of us. I take a show that I'm going to fast today. If you don't fast, then what? You are in violation of your shvua. So we'll say, because there's a parallel case, ultimately, if you take a shvua to do something negative to other people, what would be that case where you, stick to, you swore that you're going to get other people to fast and you didn't do so? Ultimately, again, you're chayyim for violation of your shvua. How can you get other people to fast? Very simple. In Dimahadik Luhu Banjruna. What's the easy way to get people to fast? How do you do that? Lock them in a room. Lock them in a room, right? That works. 
So I'll say vatayin. So I'll say so. So interestingly enough, so the Gemara seems to say. I'll say it's actually an interesting case if you think about it. Does a person have the right to subject themselves to harm? So the Gemara tried to bring a right from the Shavua case. The Shavua case may not be physical harm. That may be a case ultimately of tayin. So vatayin we learn. So we'll say, what's the case ultimately again of subjecting other people to harm? So we'll say, the case over there would be a shvua of, I swear, I'm going to go ahead and hit Ruben, or I'm going to split his head open. Okay, so we'll say, it's a pretty significant. So it sounds like it is dealing with personal injury. Rather, we'll say, the ability, whether or not the person has the ability to subject themselves to harm, is actually, watch this. So the says, Does a person have the ability to subject themselves to damages or not? Here we go. The Gemara says, so we'll see who is the opinion that says that a person doesn't have the ability to subject themselves to physical harm. So the Gemara says, Maybe it's the following time. The Sanyo, so we'll say the Pasik says, the Pasik says, I will hold you accountable ultimately again for taking your own life. Now we'll say, now that's the Pasik that prohibits suicide. Pakash Baruch says, if you take your own life, I will hold you accountable. So maybe that's a raya that what? Maybe that's a raya that Allah saw, you're not allowed to subject yourself to self-injury. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Miyad Naf Shoseichem Edrosh as Dimchem. From, from literally, again, if you take your own life, I will hold you accountable. So that shows that what? You can't subject yourself to personal harm. The Gemara says, well, maybe not. But Dilma Katala Shani. Shani, both say, maybe that's different. In other words, maybe everyone will agree you can't take your own life. That doesn't necessarily mean you can't subject yourself to personal injury. Ela Haitan, or both say, rather, from the following time. The Sanya, Mekaran Alameis, Velomadarchi both say, very interesting. What is, it, what is the halacha? The halacha is, you could tear your clothing over the dead, right? You could tear your clothing over the dead, and this is not considered to be one of the emori practices. Darach emori, both say, means emulating the ways of the Gentile nations. So the heard said, I heard that if you tear your clothing too much, you over-tear, you over-tear, that ultimately, again, you get malchus. Why do you get malchus? Mishum, Baltashchis. Both say you get Malchus ultimately again for unne- ba- the prohibition of Baltashchis is the prohibition for unnecessary waste. So, Allah I heard that if you tear your clothing excessively, you're chayiv for Baltashchis. Now, both say, now if you're going to be chayiv for unnecessary destruction of your clothing, then kol shekain gufo. Then, all the more so, ultimately again, you are chayiv for unnecessary destruction of your body, subjecting yourself to harm. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, what do you see from here? There's a raya that Allah Chalamayisi, you're chayiv for harming yourself. I, v'dilma begadim shayni, to see the law hadarhu. Maybe clothing is different. So we'll say, maybe clothing is different. Maybe Allah Chalamayisi, you are subject ultimately again to unnecessary destruction for your clothing because it's a type of destruction ultimately again that does not, that does not regenerate. We'll say, what we'll do, we'll stop over here for today. Excellent, excellent pickup on, on the base. We did good. So again, so nice little pickup. But again, just understand we're ending off, I will say, with this, with this outstanding question, which is, are you allowed to go ahead and subject yourself to physical harm, to physical damage? We know that you're allowed to go ahead and subject yourself to boshes. Can you subject yourself to physical harm? Fundamental Alright, have a great day everyone.